Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adewumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Today I'm continuing the Revelation chapter 2, the series that we started in the last broadcast, I believe. In this series, we are going to go through the book of Revelation. Like I said in the last broadcast, the book of Revelation and the book of Genesis have the same author, and God is the author. Christ has started this church calling out the people out of the world to become the children of God and these letters that he started writing to Apostle, through Apostle John to the seven churches was a letter to the church of God through all the generations of the church of God from the first for the, from the apostles time till the end of the world there were to be seven generations of the church of God and that is what is symbolized by the seven churches in each year so the Lord was not just writing to some seven small cities and leaving the other cities on without talking to them. He's actually using those seven small cities to be symbolizing the seven dispensations or seven generations of the church from the time of the apostles till the end of the world. And every promise, every generation of the believers, every generation of the body of Christ, every generation of the church of God are the challenge and a problem and every generation have conflict with the world and the world trying to influence the generation of believers and God is giving promise to those that we overcome all the influence and just like at this end of the world we are in the church of the Laodicean dispensation and our own challenge we see it at the end in when we get to that chapter 3 that is what is our major conflict major confrontation major challenges major obstacles major influence that the world has been influenced upon the church and it was revealed they, they seem to have everything they feel like they have not need of nothing i mean there was look at the technology in the world look at all the new tech all the television radio with them that we are doing something yet we are not doing as much as he expects us to do not that we are not touching some people not that we are not covering the whole world but where is the power where is the desire for more supernatural power people are now resting on many other things rather than supernatural power of god and god is giving us that there are challenges but only those that overcome will be given the blessings and the promises and let's go on and see the challenges for all these churches and what God promised them that we that we are individually to overcome all those challenges and obstacles that the world is throwing at the church and those that overcome will receive blessings chapter 2 of the book of Revelation is where we are going today and he said unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now that is how the Lord Jesus Christ introduced himself to this dispensation. That is one that holds the stars in his right hand. Means that he is actually the one in charge. He is one that sent the stars out, the prophets, the messengers to these churches to this dispensation and he's the one that is in control sometimes people assume they are in control sometimes uh, even preachers or major servants of God are because they have their success in their ministry or in their preaching they almost look as if they are the one in control instead of the Lord Jesus Christ that is in the spirit who is controlling your ministry who is controlling your life no matter how successful you are 
until you acknowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ is in control of your life and of your ministry that you will begin to only go where he wants you to go and only stay where he wants you to stay when you acknowledge that that is when your success will be lasting and pleasing to the master that sent you out but if you don't acknowledge that and it seems you are 100% in control of everything you are doing for him then you may be missing it somewhere he's saying he is the one that holds the seven stars in his right hand that shows that he is the one in control and should be allowed to be in control you remember that you should allow him to be in control it's like marriage where some wives refuse to let their husband lead I mean the wrestle the the authority from the husband really like confrontation who is the who is the captain of the boat here and that goes on in the world Christ is trying to make you to see also that in this in this church race there's only one bridegroom and that bridegroom should should be allowed to be in charge and when the bride begin to take charge and not listening to the bridegroom anymore there's problem so that is what it is and the church has been doing that and in fact the church just go their own way doing their own programs no more listening no more acknowledging and no more worshipping the bridegroom and you are going to see exactly what I am saying here in this chapter I say that he is one that all his stars he is one that is expected to be in control and when you refuse to let him be in control you are losing your first love let's read it here verse 2 I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted now God is the Lord Jesus Christ was giving all of these characteristics of this generation of believers the body of the church of the Ephesus that I see all the efforts you are putting out you are doing something you are working hard you are actually patient you are working patiently and you are also even revealing exposing the the deceivers I mean they are doing all those things well which is like laboring laboring for God we say laboring for the body of Christ doing the right thing I mean it's like a business minded wife but he's saying something here in the next verse verse 4 nevertheless I saw your laboring and you are so busy doing something trying to get everything perfect say nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love now let's analyze that I just said it in the first beginning of this verse that he said wait a minute I have the seven stars in my right hand that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said I am the bridegroom here I am to be in church here you have to acknowledge that he is the Lord he is in charge let him lead let him be the guy let him be the one directing but when the church the body of Christ just like he like the Bible said as the church is to Christ so is the wife to her husband so you can look at that example and try to correlate the two and say wait a minute this is where a man and his wife can begin to run into conflict if something like this is happening between a wife and, and her husband the same way between the church and Christ if that similar thing is transferred to between church and Christ that they are no more listening to Christ they are now arguing with Christ they are no more leading, now letting him lead and direct they are now running their own program and not his program there's going to be trouble there's going to be conflict and that is exactly what Christ is saying here he introduced himself and say, I have the seven stars I am to be in charge I am the one that 
send the staff out. I'm the one that is in authority and control. But are you taking the authority and running with your own program and projects? You are busy. I could see you are busy. You are working hard. I could see you are working hard. You are even making some great success. But where is the first love? Now that is what we want to explain. What is this first love then? If all the first love is not the laboring, they are laboring for Christ or laboring for the church. What is the first love then? Just think of husband and wife and see where they can, where they were when they first get married or honeymoon. Where the woman is always looking for the husband to come from work. They are always in love. But after a while it becomes stale. The husband knock, I'm home. Yeah, well, welcome. Then no more rushing to the door to, to hug and to kiss. See, it's all gone. The first love is dying away. The same way with the body of Christ. We first loved the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heart was panting after him. Maybe after a while we are too busy with the church programs. That we don't even have time for praising God or praying or talking to him and waiting upon him to hear from his voice to hear his mouth to minister to him the first love is to minister to the Lord Jesus Christ to wait upon him to let him lead us and guide us what we should do but when people are now busy with their own programs they are no more having time to listen to him individually maybe you as a minister have run into that situation you've got to come back to Jesus and wait upon the Lord You've got to come back to Jesus and wait upon the Lord. Maybe you as an individual, you have run into that situation. All you do is just routine. Go to church and back. Go to church and back. And your heart is not towards the Lord. Very soon, the devil will sneak in some ideas of the world that you, you that are so soft to you, you don't realize it is the idea of the world. You think it's just okay too. That is what God is concerned with. He wants you to wait upon Him so that you can be led by the Lord, by His Spirit. Because He said it is not by power, not by mind, but by my spirit, said the Lord. We can use our power to do all these programs. Evangelize the world. Go from city to city. From village to village. Screaming on top of our voices. And we may not win as much as we can win for Christ. If he is not leading. If he is not directing. I remember a minister that went to a, a crusade in many places. And when he was about to go to a city. That has been planned almost three months in advance. By the board of directors. Board of directors. They've said now at social time you visit this city and have a crusade there. And that was when the Lord said, Don't go to that city. But I want you to go to this other city there. And he couldn't convince the board of directors. Why? Because man has all they have made up their plan. It looked like God can't even change it. And this man said, God told me we are not to go to this city, we are going to go to this other city this time. And they refused. They said, God spoke to us too to plan this thing three months ago. So God can't change anything. See, that is how human beings can organize God until God has no way to move. They tie him up. And that is what we are saying. You are to wait upon the master. Step by step, let him lead. He is one that has the seven stars in his hand. This is a message not only to the body of Christians, believers worldwide, also to individual people. He that is led by the Spirit of God is this is they are the sons of God be led by the Spirit of God is not he lead you once a year and you have to have the program for the rest of the year planned no when, when take an example when David the king went to war the Philistines came against him he asked from the Lord said, shall I go against them God said go against them and he went against them and destroyed many of them and drove them away many months later they came again and camped against Israel and he, David was wise enough to ask God again shall I go against them and God said no not this time but form a compass around about behind them 
and come unto upon them on, uh, from around the mulberry trees. See, God changed the strategy because the enemy has changed the strategy. God wants to lead us step by step like that, so that if the devil changes strategy, we also will be able to be ahead of him. Even in ministering to the world, even in our walking for God, God is the one that is fighting the man of war. He himself is the field marshal, the general that is directing the army. And he could see what you cannot see. He wants you to wait upon him and get the cue, instruction from him directly individually or collectively as a body of believers or as a minister let the lord be our leader that's what he's describing here that they forgot their first love they are now doing a lot of programs and forgetting the first the most important thing we as the part at this end time are still running to the same situation individual ministries individual person or bodies or congregations are doing their own thing and hardly could say that god is the one that is leading them because they are not taking time to wait upon the Lord to hear from the Master. And the Lord is giving this warning because we at the same time have got to come to that fullness of the stature of Christ. And the fullness of the stature of Christ is the fullness of yieldedness to Christ. Yielding to Christ means ready to obey Him, going wherever He goes. The first fruits in the book of Hebrews chapter 40 said, They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. That is the fullness of the stature of Christ. That is the fullness of yieldedness. And that is why this message to the first church is still one of the things we as individual believers and as the body of Christ need to surrender to try to take caution of because God is writing to all of us, not just to the first church. And he went further in verse 5 here, Nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. You see now he said they were falling. By just forgetting that first love, they are falling. Even though they were doing all those work, all those labor, all those things, and even uh, uh, exercising, uh, exposing the false apostles, he said, yet they are falling from one state. And the state of being in love with Christ, they are falling from that state. And repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent look at the punishment he said if, we, if they don't repent that's a severe punishment you say what is candlestick being removed out of his place the church will stop burning that is what it means if the church stop burning they are now no more with christ like a divorce they stop burning and the the bridegroom is gone and they are just doing their own program and you can look around you see many denominations church congregations that are just having no candlestick they are just full of programs and activities that does not reach heaven that does not bring anybody to Christ that is full that is, the world is full of that type of congregations nowadays because Christ has removed the candlestick from them from them I mean the, the, the element of candlestick because one candlestick for the church generation but every body that is burning is like a candle to the Lord so remember what he is saying here and take heed lest your candle also be removed but in verse 6 this thou art that thou art the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also did. God will give credit to you wherever you are doing well, but he does not, that does not mean he won't give you correction where you need to be corrected. And that is what you see in every letter he wrote to every church. Verse 7 gave the promise, He that hath asked and ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcome, and now here comes the promise, every believer we have to overcome individually. It's not a collective thing to overcome you have these challenges against you 
not just your congregation because sometimes when we preach something like this some member of the congregation will say yes I know the pastor is not doing something right the pastor is not the problem you are the problem the pastor has his own problem the congregation individual person has their own problem if the world is influencing your church it has to be influencing individual members of the church maybe some individual people have overcome the influence but the whole body of Jesus Christ is expected to overcome the influence individually and that's why we are preaching to the congregation and not just coming to preach to the pastor he said he that overcoming that's he individual person have got overcome individually and now we give to each of the three of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God so the promise is to overcome and be in the paradise of God to eat the tree of life now let's go to the seven the second shoshi and I'm going to run through the old chapter in a moment because we are running out of time unto the angel of the church is mine and right this thing said the first and the last which was dead and is alive now look at how the Lord introduced himself to this church he said he was dead and is alive he is the first and the last it's almost like what I said in the last broadcast he manifested himself now and said hey I have the power over death because I live forever my resurrected that enough is to make you to see what is going to happen in this dispensation and what their what their challenges will be and he's telling the hey this is going to be your challenge in this dispensation the bulk of that dispensation you will see in a moment is persecution being killed for Christ the hey wait a minute I resurrected you will live again also let's see what he's saying here he said I was which was dead and is alive verse 9 I know thy works and tribulation seeing what he was introducing himself to them that I know you have tribulation and poverty the better are rich they may have physical poverty say, but you are rich spiritually to encourage them and I know the blasphemy of them we say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan in that generation they have a lot of persecution from the Jews in that generation because they were the first one to persecute the Christians and later come the Romans verse 10 they fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer you see what I said earlier on that God was introducing himself to them as hey I died and I arose again don't be afraid of death it's what he's trying to tell them here and here in verse 10 he said don't be afraid of things that you are also going to suffer in your generation in your dispensation behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and you shall have tribulation 10 days now that 10 days actually could have been translated to in symbol in prophetic symbols to 10 years of persecution upon believers and the dark ages was full of that and that's what you will see in the third generation or in the third church age also there was persecution so this dispensation of the church went through a lot of persecution it said 10 days of serious persecution will come against them said, be thou faithful unto death and i will give thee a crown of life now you see the promise god know what their challenges will be and he was telling them ahead of time before it happened because god loves us he did not will that anybody should die but those that were sacrificed for christ that's like like they normally say they sacrifice their body for christ he said you will have a crown of life he said be thou faithful unto death verse 11 he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death see the promise he gave to them that you may die physically here but yours is the world god is going to give this planet out back to those that were beheaded for christ that were killed for christ they, they will be given this planet begin to live forever and ever the second death has no power upon such people upon them 
because they are going to live from then. Once they are resurrected, they will live forever. From now on. Verse 12 goes to the third church age. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, This thing said, He which has the sharp saw with two edges. Now you see how he introduced himself here. He said, I have the sharp saw with two edges, which means there are going to be some challenges for this church dispensation. And it's introduced that hey, I am the one that have the sword, the sword that can that can bite both ways with two edges. The sword in his mouth is the word of God that he said we used to judge those who are causing trouble in the church. And let's read on, you will see what's going on in this church. And he said he's going to come with his sword to judge them. So that's a challenge that the devil, the devil has infiltrated in the church around this time. And he's saying the devil is already trying to bring conf confrontation, conflict, controversy and false doctrine and some people trying to dominate the church from within now they have joined the church they try to dominate the church from the within and christ is saying i'm going to come against them with the sword of my mouth and let's see what he said here verse 13 i know thy works and where thou dwellest even where satan's seat is and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith now this is a a, a praise for them even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth, the better I have a few things against thee also, because thou hast them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Now what he's saying is that some people have infiltrated the church and they are trying to pollute the congregation right from within. No, the devil can stay without and trying the church being influenced from the by the world and the work and resistance. How much how 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 much influence will it have when he has joined the church by being by entering by being part of the congregation through some false believers that suddenly say they are born again or they are saved, they are Christian, whereas they are not changed within and they try to quickly take a responsible position in the congregation in the church by politics. And once they take a good position, now they want to be dictating, and that is exactly what is going on. When they dictate that this is what we, this is what they believe the Bible is saying, they pollute the mind of the simple to make it to do it the way they are preaching to them. And that is what the God is saying here. That is the doctrine of Balaam. What was doctrine of Balaam? If you look back into the story in the book of Numbers, where a prophet Balaam was invited by the king to come and curse the Israelites. And God told that prophet, don't go. Don't go and cause them because these people are blessed. But because of the promise of, I will give you big money if you come. Balaam wanted this money. It's like wanting to use your power just to get favor and fame with the rulers of the world. And that in doctrine is exactly what was called the doctrine of Balaam. When preachers, believers are trying to sit with the governors and trying to have respectable position with the highly placed men of the world why for money for praise for recognition for reputation and the lord is saying hmm, you don't serve my you don't do my work with the arms of men and that is exactly what the doctrine of balance has been trying to do trying to line up with the with the politicians so that they will begin to some some of the ministers are even giving the key to his city i mean recognition is that now is that if that if that is what christ is most likely they would have crucified the Lord in Jerusalem if he is to dance to the tune of the high priest, dance to the tune of the church. No, don't do my work like that. Preach the word, let it fall where it may, 
and you will not be loved because if you are of the world they will love you world they love the world will love his own but if you are out of this world they will hate you if they have hated me they will hate you also but the doctrine of balance comes within the congregation and trying to make the world accept them or trying to down to the tone of the world the doctrine of balance and christ said some people are influencing his own children the simple to do the same thing to try to please the governors to try to please the world change your preaching so that it will be soothing to everybody else don't preach all this doom doom thing preach the one that the governors will like to come the rich people will enjoy coming uh you see god said you don't preach my doctrine that you don't try to do it the way they want you to do it you do it the way god wants you to do it and it will make them hate you yes but didn't they hate me also that's what christ was saying and that's why he said they are committing fornication eating sins that are sacrificed on twilight mean they are mixing up with the with the people of the world they are worshiping fornication is when you are worshiping somebody that is not your master they are worshiping somebody else is adultery instead of serving your master you are now serving money or you are serving the politicians that's what you are doing you are actually serving the politicians when you are dancing to their tune that is the doctrine of balance and verse 50 says and you ask all them that all the doctrine of the nicolaitans which thing i ate that's another doctrine that come into the congregation trying to do dictate and dominate the congregation that's the doctrine of the nicolaitans we are some people suddenly become the head and they are saying what we say is final in the congregation and everybody else before you can prophesy you have to come see the elders you see that is the doctrine of nicolaitans they form some elders and who are these elders some of these devilish people men that the devil has sneaked in also become elders and they dictate and say no we don't accept that revelation we don't accept that doctrine and so you can't tell it to the congregation and that is dictation and when you begin to do that you sniffle the holy ghost the holy ghost cannot just stand up in the congregation and prophesy why because the elders have said you have to first come before them and tell this dream and tell this prophecy and if they don't agree that's the end of it you see what what danger is in that that it will not allow the holy ghost to move freely especially if the elders are wrong if the devil has taken all of those elders or some of the elders then the devil, the, the devil is controlling the congregation or the, or the church that is what god is saying that i hate this doctrine of the nicolaitans we are the we are the body of christ where there's no more liberty i would say where the spirit of god is there is liberty and the doctrine of nicolaitans is conflicting that particular liberty of the church verse 16 repent or else i will come unto thee quickly and we fight against them with the sword of my mouth you see why the lord introduced himself that he has the sword the two-edged sword in his mouth because he's saying what is going on in that dispensation that congregation is pollution through individual people inside the congregation god said i will have to fight those individual people that the devil has sneaked in with the sword of my mouth that is god is going to have to judge them by the word that may make them die suddenly Verse 17 says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to it of the eating manner, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. Now that is the promise to that generation. And in every generation, God is giving promise to make you want to run the race and want to win the race. It's a challenge before you to overcome the doctrine of Balaam which may make you to be not popular you won't be popular if you come against those type of people let's say they are in your congregation already they are dictating to your congregation what you cannot do and you cannot do and you want to go against them you are not going to be popular but you are going to be standing for jesus 
and anyone that is going to stand for Jesus will be persecuted. Like Apostle Paul said, they that will live godly in this world will suffer persecution. But you must be ready to suffer for Christ so that you can reign with Him. So the Lord is giving these prophecies and warnings and also promises to every dispensation so that they can quicken their pace and make up your mind whom will you serve. You are going to serve the congregation or you are going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that the Lord will burn this into your heart. And I want you to write to me so that we can send you some more exhortation. Write to Gospel Distribution Ministry. Write to the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Post Service Box 71027 Phoenix, Arizona 85050 USA.